the Super Special Grown Up Podcast with Rebecca and Ing. Ingrid. Or Ing. Or Ing. And this podcast, we must remind you, is for Super Special Grown Ups only um, because clearly the title is Super Special Grown Up Podcast. It is not for children. And And it it may contain things that children wouldn't be interested in. Yeah, or you wouldn't want them to hear. And it is it it are it's the opinions and ramblings of Ingrid, Ing and myself, and they do not reflect those of the Shaler North Hills Library. Though they should. Potentially. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. Or not. Or yes. Or not. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. How was your weekend? It was nice. You have a tooth situation. I do have a tooth situation. I I have a cavity. Sorry. <laughs> and I don't. Sorry. I am. Um, and so I have some tooth sensitivity. So Thursday morning I go to the dentist, which is one of the places I least like to go ever. Not, not because I have anything personal against dentists or folks in the dental community. Yeah. Um. But I just, I am one of those people who does not want to go to the dentist at all, ever. And here I find myself with a cavity because maybe I haven't gone to get a cleaning and a checkup in over a year. Okay, okay. But I do, I brush my teeth twice a day. I do not floss every day, so I do feel shame when I go to the dentist and the hygienist asks me if I floss every day, and I say no, but I do floss regularly. That's cool. But not That's cool. daily. That's all right. So okay. keep your opinions to yourself. Okay. That's cool. I don't floss daily. I, I also I have a thing behind my two front teeth to keep them from moving. Um, so I can't floss that the, between those teeth normally. Oh, you have the bar. Yeah, I have a little bar. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. I love my dentist, but I get so stressed out, and as soon as I get stressed out, I fall asleep. Oh my gosh, so that is so chair. weird. I, I, isn't there an animal that does that to, like, protect itself? I think like, it's the, um, what is it? It's like a weird rat rabbit yeah, combo. That's exactly a possum. Yeah, a possum. That's exactly what I do. Get on a plane. <laughs> I wish I could do that. You know? Oh my gosh. It, it's terrible though. Having been a pastor, you go and you wait with a family, um, and you just want to and you're stressed out about because you want this person <laughs> to come through the surgery successfully, and you fall asleep right away. <laughs> that's, that's wild. That's not good. That's not good. I have a book. And an item that I want to talk about a little bit. Mm. Okay? I have read this book called Dare to Speak. Okay? And it's by Suzanne Nossel. I don't know if that's how you say her name. But she is coming to Pittsburgh as part of the Arts and Lecture Series. And what she's talking about is free speech and cancel culture and all that stuff. And if you go to the CarnegieLibrary.org, or you just Google Pittsburgh Arts and Lecture Series, you, you'll find this thing about, because it's going to be really cool. The book just came out July 28th, and I'll tell you, I bought it on Audible, 
and it's quite good. The, the virtual author event, it, it, you can get a ticket to it um, and join an online book discussion. And some of us here at the library, we're going to... Um, Miss Jill got us like a free link to it, so super excited about this. And uh, because free speech, freedom of speech, is something that our young people don't see the way that we old people do. You're not an old person, but I'm an old person. I Being am not speech, that much younger at all than you. It was we so, are the same generation. Well, but I just couldn't understand why why freedom of speech is not as important to young people. And this book kind of explains it because recently, wait, why isn't why isn't it as important to young people? I don't. Where's that taken from? Recently, what the only way they have seen the courts and politicians champion freedom of speech is to protect hate speech mm. and to say I can say this in my ad or I can say this at my rally or I can say this here because it's I can just speech. lie and be a racist just, right 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 well. and so they look at it and they say yeah this is not really a good thing is not what is meant by free speech. right whereas somebody because it shouldn't be a political thing whereas somebody of my generation you know we think of freedom of speech as what was used and being a left leaning left leaning you know um as as used to speak out against things that were things that are wrong you know in, mm. instead of using the first self-serving right right Right. Or to spread hate. Or to start yeah. hate, you know. For your um, own self-serving purposes. So the book is really good. And it talks about cancel culture. Um, and I have been a participant in cancel culture. I canceled John Grisham. Well, explain that. why. Okay, so in 2014, he made a statement that defended people who looked at child pornography and it was a long defense of it with a newspaper in the UK and he talked about how there were people you know they got drunk one night they started looking at porn and it was not like a boy or anything it was a 16 year old girl and you know and now they're in jail and they're they're uh, labeled a child predator and they're not really they just you know um, and of course there was a lot of outrage that came with that because anytime, I mean, child pornography is child pornography and people get hurt, you know, and, and he, he made the statement, you know, it's not like he was having sex with this person, you know, Ew. he was just watching, but Ew. the reason why child pornography, yeah, it was pretty nasty. Okay. So what I did is horrible. I mean, I don't know. This was my reaction was we're not going to buy any of his children's books anymore. We're not going to buy any of his teen books anymore. And uh, so I don't think I knew he had children's yeah, books. Yeah, he has some boon. The I don't know. Oh. Got terrible reviews anyway. I just but but so we don't have them. Now I weighed that with we have a limited budget. You know, we belong to a consortium where if people want to read them, they can get them anywhere. We don't need to spend our limited budget on somebody. And I think this was at the time of the Jerry Sandusky 
uh, case, and it might have been at the time when we caught a child pornographer, a, a guy looking at child porn here at the library. Hmm. And he was, the, I mean, the feds came and that was it, you know, thank goodness. Um, but it was many years ago. Um, and then this book talks about that and it talks about like what, what about cancel culture and your response to somebody when they make a statement, um, a statement's being very different than, cause we all make mistakes, you know? And so then I looked at his apology and his apology is even that good. And so it, it, it didn't meet the criteria that this, that this woman, um, who, who's very much, uh, against cancel culture and that kind of thing, but it didn't even meet that. And so Miss Jill suggested that I write John Grisham an email and just ask him if he still stands by his apology, you know, if he has anything else that he wants to add to that. And so I'm going to do that and just see, because I do feel bad that, that I canceled him from, but, but we, but people can still get the books. I don't know. But I mean, what do you feel bad about? I well, feel like it's it's like, well, one, it's so trendy right now. Cancel culture. Right, right, like right. If, I feel like, though. And this was if, 2014. And I if mean, somebody says something that you find repulsive, that's okay, too. Well, but should I have made that decision on behalf of the library, you know, being the one who makes these decisions, I just felt we, we get his well, adult Did anybody books. care? No one cared. But but we got, well, I, I got a little pushback from our director, you know, and, and still kind of do, um, which is fine, but she's very kind and, and has let that decision be up to me. But I still, you know, I revisit it a lot because I don't know. Well, people have access to them, right? Yeah, people have access to them and they just put them on hold and they get them from other libraries. Yeah, and I feel like it's not as if something is not on the shelf that's representative of two different viewpoints, which I do right, think, right. you know. Yeah, it's like a mystery. It's like a not very well-reviewed mystery series. <laughs> like, it's sort of like I made all the money from the adults. And a lot of authors do that, you know. James but, but Patterson, oh James my Patterson, gosh. You know. He has such square footage of shelf right, space. Right, right, right. But he doesn't defend child porn. And I saw it was gross having a children's book, having a book next to the child. Like, I just, yeah. like, I don't know, like, child porn, I And that he didn't have a clue. Uh, but but again, she does talk about the difference because we all do make mistakes in what we say. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. we all do, and we have to have that culture of forgiveness too, or else people will never open them. But mouth. then there are also some things that are like, yeah, yeah, I'm just not gonna be okay with that at all. If he would apologize, if the apology would have been a little better, so I'm gonna write him and see what he says. So, so. if. So if he writes back and is like, yeah, no, I didn't mean that apology. What I really mean is this, and it, you are good with it. Are you going to get the books? I don't think I would now because our, our budget, you know, we are concerned about our budget anyway, and I don't yeah. think that's a very good use of time, no. of, of resources right now. Anyway. Would you care, like, to reach out? Yeah, just because I want to, I still want to know why an adult, male could still not really see the full horror of something like child porn. And I guess I just don't understand how he has been so, I mean, 
Now, were you a bit, I feel like you're very, like, were you a big fan of John Grisham and then this came out and you felt like deep betrayal and just like disgust? No, but I do think it was going on during the Jerry Sandusky thing. Like, I mean, that's always, that. that's just anybody who exploits anybody, but especially like children. your children, the elderly, yeah, our most vulnerable, you know, that there's a special disgust that I think you have to have for that. And yeah. I just don't, I mean, I understand it's an illness, you know, that's something I just can't seem to get my... You know, there's around. varying degrees of illness. I, I so, know. I know. I know. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's a hard thing. And I do feel bad because it was brought up again this summer when we had a, a person who wanted um, the John Grisham YA books and they were not able to get them from here. And it was brought to my attention again. And I thought, yeah, I made that decision. And I did. So, so that's why. So it happened like, you know, just like last month. So. And then when I read this book, I thought, because oh. you know we talk, they talk about the cancel culture with um, Bill Cosby and uh, Michael Jackson, um, and and she uh, does a distinguishes between that because they those were actual um, uh, actions that those people committed, you know. But do we? But she also says, you know, we don't want to take, like, the Cosby show off of the air, you know, because that's... I love the Cosby show. That goes, show like, against somebody's right to watch that, you know, um, or, or ban Michael Jackson's um, music, that kind of thing. So, I don't know, this book, Dare to Speak, Defending Free Speech for All. She's the CEO of PEN America. Um, Suzanne Nosel, and I'm really looking forward to the discussion which uh, will be August 13th, I think it is. That's August really June. Tw 20th. Oh. August 20th is the, is the thing. It's a good time. The Daily yeah. Podcast this morning did the first part of just a little two-part. What was two parts make a series? Just two parts about cancel culture. Okay, okay. You, well, you know I love the Daily. Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. And it talked about the letter, the Atlantic letter. Right, and right, right. Just different components of it all. And then, you know, the president using the term, it is creepy speech at Mount right, Rushmore. Right, and yeah. just, but where it, the term actually came from. Right, right. So you can see. And which was like as a people, joke. <laughs> right, but you can see like why young people. Yeah. Would would be hesitant, um, so it's it's a lot of discussion in there. Have you ever canceled anything like personally? Like you're just like, nah, I'm done. Maybe nothing comes to my head immediately, but I feel like I probably have. Yeah. I feel like on. I feel like probably most people have, perhaps, but maybe in a time before. It was called. You know, it's can't. You know, maybe right. you see some, and you're like, "I'm not." Wow! Oh my gosh, Justin Timberlake, mm. please. Well, 
you may all be aware that he did a Super Bowl halftime show with Janet Jackson, well, probably now many years ago. And they did a saucy routine that they came up with. I don't know if they came up with it together or if he came up with it or she or perhaps their choreographers who plan this stuff where Justin Timberlake reached around, took off one of Janet Jackson's like coverings, bra cups of her like dance outfit and she had a little like nipple tassel on or something and she got crushed, crushed in the media, crushed professionally, just, oh my gosh, and I just, like, it is, how did she take all the heat for that, and I don't think it was in, like, good taste, not because the female breast was on display, you know, I just don't think like seeing one person reaching around the front of another person ripping a piece of clothing off is really a necessary component of a dance routine in a Super Bowl halftime show. No. But, like, and just because I don't think it is, and that is my opinion, but so this person who is the reacher arounder and ripper off, nothing. Nothing. Because he was the one who did the actual ripping. He was the one who did the actual ripping. So you'd think, like, if you were a young person, you're like, oh, my gosh, Justin Timberlake, he's so cool. Wow, look what he did. That's so cool. I'm going to go do that. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Like, I'm all fired up right now. Like, Justin Timberlake, get out of here. So you can't. Did he apologize? Did he stick up for Janet? Barely. Really? Barely. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, that's rough then. Justin mm-hmm. Timberlake, get out of here. Mm-hmm. That's rough. I don't know if you'd be where you are if it wasn't for Brittany. I. Brittany. Spears. Okay. Brittany Spears. I'm My sorry. Gosh. I. They were together in the 90s, and then allegedly she cheated on him. The 1890s? Ingrid. No, 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 And no, then no. he wrote Cry Me a River. <laughs> there was supposed Dude, to be Dude, that's an old Brittany. song. That's a, I've no, it's Barbara a Timberlake song. So, you know. So cry me a river. But so maybe perhaps... Have I you ever heard Dinah Washington do that? So I think I've... Maybe I've canceled uh, Justin Timberlake Justin for Timberlake. myself. That is why I feel such unpleasant feelings when we're in dance party and you know he's got his sunshine in his pocket what did he just ripped off of somebody's boob all right that's how i feel about that and in the second season of dance party well dance party is going to continue but you're i'm i'm hoping that you'll take a little break from it yeah i am it could be exciting when you come back and that song will be gone I will accept that being it gone. Will be gone. Let's take a little break. See you soon. Bye. And we're back. It's Ng and Rebecca with the Super Special Grown Up Podcast. That is for Super Special Grown Ups, not for children. Yes.
and it represents our opinions and not those of the Shaler North Hills Library. No. No, it doesn't. No. Yes, no. it does. Yeah. Sometimes, maybe. Yeah. We're not. So, tell me about this best book that you read ever. Because I put a link to in the show notes last week to it, but now you finished it. I did. I finished it, and it's wonderful. It's called The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Clune, or Clune, I forget, K-L-U-N-E or K-L-U-M-E, and it was just amazing, and it was just amazing. It was really good. It was not some, it's fiction. See, I have trouble book talking because I don't want to give a single thing Anything. away. I understand. It involves, ugh, even some terms I don't want to use in case they scare you away. Just read it. Just read it. It's really good. The main character's name is Linus Baker. And there are other grown-ups involved. And there are children involved. But it is not a kid's book. And one of the children... Oh, I just can't give it away. I can't give it away. It's so good. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to read it next. You've got You've got to. Yeah. It's just, it's really good. I bought it. I think it's really good. I bought it. I'm very excited. Now I'm scared. I, I, I was telling Cara and Rachel about it, too. Yeah. Now I'm scared somebody else will read it and be like, this really wasn't that good, Rebecca. But it's so good. And I don't understand how it's just not, like, burning up the bestseller charts. Cause then Maybe when I was, it will now. After <laughs> our fan base starts reading it. After, after I read it, I started to read my next book that was also a library book that's, uh, I believe it's the most recent pick for the read with Jenna on the Today Show. What's that one called? It's called The Comeback, and I almost lost my eyeballs from falling out of my head because they were so bored. Oh, okay, so I won't recommend that. Nope. I, okay. I, well, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are going to yeah. read it. I just couldn't even right. do it after the, the story, the dialogue. Yeah. Uh, it's hard the when you house finish a great book. book. It is mm -hmm. hard when you finish a great mm -hmm. book to go into another one that is seemingly subpar. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. it would have been slightly entertaining right. another day. Right. You know what I've just discovered over the years? You've got to be able to break up with a book. You do. You know, whether mm -hmm. it's maybe mm -hmm. you're just not feeling it right at that yep. time, or maybe it just sucks. <laughs> There, there Whatever. was a young woman with whom I worked at Swickley. She was a high school student when I worked with her. And she gave me permission to break up with a book. And that, that was the way that she turned it. Yeah. And she's like, sometimes a relationship is just bad. And yeah. you need to end it. And there are too many other things out there. So I've done. I've been able to do that. Because I used to torture myself. I had to break up with two right after that. Did you? I had yeah. to break up with, it's called The Comeback. And then I had to break up with Leaving the Witness. Which I thought I would enjoy about this gal who leaves being a Jehovah's Witness. Oh, yeah, I read that, I think. Ugh. And and I thought, I just can't get into this at all. And in one description, you know, sparse prose. And I thought, sparse? 
so dry. I did read that. Well, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do the comeback, and I couldn't do leaving the witness. I must not have liked it very much because I gave it three. I gave it two stars. Whoa! You give everything like five. I give everything like five. But yeah, I did not like this book at all. Yeah, I couldn't. I just thought, oh, this is. I don't. I don't care that you were Jeff. Oh, I don't. I, don't I remember care. this. I really wanted to like this book, but sadly, I gave it two stars because of the horrible loss of the author suffered and the details at the end of her really amateurish memoir. I feel for her. She's been through so much. She really has a story to tell, but she should have hired someone to write it for her. <laughs> someone should have hired someone to read the audiobook, too. Wow, this is just really poorly written. Oh, my goodness. I remember we were listening to this book, Jill and I, when we were driving Oof. last year out in Sedona. Through the desert? Because that would have been a good setting. And there's actually a sentence in there, <laughs> honest to goodness, and I often quote it, much to Miss Jill's complete embarrassment. She says this, and I'm going to have to, uh, we are open, so. We didn't she, know this would happen. She says this. She yeah. says, my vagina such as it is. <laughs> what? what does that even mean? <laughs> And we, we stopped the car, and we're like, what does that... Well, we didn't stop the car, but we turned down the radio, because Such like, as it is? What is that? And the whole book is like that. It's just <laughs> awful. Isn't this funny? We had no idea this book was going to come up at all. Oh, that was a disaster. Well, <laughs> I'm happy I stopped, because I, I think maybe I made it through... Four and a half pages. And usually yeah. I will go a little bit deeper into a book because sometimes, right, you know. Right, yeah. But even the first paragraphs, I thought this this is just, I just know. Oh, it's Boy, it, am I happy And she I does have a story to tell. And, yeah. but, and honestly, I think if she would have gotten somebody to write it for her, but no, she wrote it and she reads it, the audiobook, <laughs> and she says, my vagina, such as it is. What does that mean? That's <laughs> I remember coming home and telling my mom that, and she was like, what? It just is. In fact, I think I played it for I feel like that would be something like if you made, like, like if you whipped up, like, potato salad, yeah. and you took it somewhere, and you're like, well, I did bring potato salad, such yeah, as it is. Such as it is. <laughs> what because, would say? Because it could be, like, anything, but, like, a vagina it like, would just be your it is what it is <laughs> as as trump says about the death rate in the united states it I is what it is it but it is what it is i don't understand wow i can't believe we both tried that and we're like nope oh so now it's quarantining mm. in a bin just mm. waiting to sit back on the show for shelf. some poor person to well i tell you upon. as dry as dry as that was and like rocky i felt like the comeback was kind of a smoother dryness than the rocky dryness of the leaving the witness yeah especially I mean, after just... the the house in the cerulean sea which is just dynamic oh. i love the characters i love the dialogue the story the plot i would read more about these the and it swirl. is first in the series? 
I don't know if it is a series, but oh, it I could be. Series. But I don't know if it is. Um, but it was it was just great. Cool. I wish I could read it again. I love it when I find a book like that. Yeah. I landed on something else, which is not as good yeah. as that, but yeah. but it's like a nice transition book. That's cool. I'm reading Snowflake, Arizona by hmm. Marcus Sedwick, Sed Sedgwick, who I really like. I really loved his Midwinter Blood, and I like Snowflake, Arizona so far. It's good, but I might. Is it scary stop. or mystery? It's not scary. It won the Prince. It's like a um, it's like a dystopian future where we've and this it's totally out there. Like it never happened, but we've ruined the planet through um oh. pollution and um. You know, so is it uh, set like the twenty thirties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's probably like next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but it, it's quite good. But it's also weird reading it in this time because, like, the people there's some people who are sick and some people who are not mm -hmm. sick. And, and he wrote it to. Uh, it's it's like a year old. It's called because uh, I think it won the Prince, um, which is the YA from the Young Adult Book Award. I forget what it's called. Oh, yeah, Snowflake, Arizona. Yeah. Marcus Sedgwick. Poor Leaving the Witness. 2019. Poor Leaving, yeah. Ash gets on a ground bus to the place Bly was last seen. That's his brother. Six, Snowflake, Arizona, 6,000 feet up in the wide red desert. Ash meets Mona, her goat Socrates, her dog Copper, and finds stepbrother Bly. In their ramshackle homes, the walls are lined with tinfoil. Mona and her neighbors are all sick. But this isn't any ordinary sickness. Modern life has poisoned them. And when Ash, too, falls ill, the doctor's response is, it's all in your mind. Meanwhile, as Ash lives through a cycle of illness and recovery and loss, the world beyond is succumbing to its own affliction, a breakdown of civilization only distantly perceived by Ash and the isolated residents of Snowflake, from which there may or may not be a chance of recovery. This humane and thoughtful novel is about resilience, trust, family, love, when all seems lost. So it's, uh, last September it was published. Mm. But, wow. See know. if that cerulean C's on there. Because you read your descrip descriptions, right? So you can read the description and I won't give it away. I do. Oh, can you know, I can read it out loud? Yeah. All right. A magical island, a dangerous task, a burning secret. Linus Baker leaves a quiet, solitary life. At 40, he lives in a tiny house with a devious cat and his old records. As a caseworker at the department in charge of magical youth, he spends his days overseeing the well-being of children in government-sanctioned orphanages. When Linus is unexpectedly summoned by the extremely upper management, he is given a curious and highly classified assignment. Travel to Marseilles Island Orphanage, where six dangerous children reside. A gnome, a sprite, a wren, and an unidentifiable green blob, a were-pomeranian, and the Antichrist. Linus must set aside <laughs> his fears and determine whether or not they are likely to bring about the end of days. But the children aren't the only secret the island keeps. Their caretaker is the charming and enigmatic Arthur Parnassus, who will do anything to keep his ward safe. As Arthur and Linus grow closer, long-held secrets are exposed, and Linus must make a choice. Destroy a home or watch the world burn. Ah, oh, that sounds really good. It's so good. You gave it five stars. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm excited about listening to that. 
but it's in Dolphin. I don't give a lot five stars, but I've had two five stars recently. Fine. I think I want to what I gave one to watch five stars. Dude, I give out five stars all the time. Why do you do that? Uh, because usually, usually I think the author did like the best they could. Yeah, but. I know. I don't know. If I get all the math problems wrong on the test, I don't get an A because I did the best I could. I know. I know. I'm weird. You're big into participation trophies. I am. I am. Everybody's a snowflake. I know. I'm weird. I'm big. In, I am big into participation. You're not weird. That's just you. I am. I am. Well, well what a lively pod today. It has been um, a lively pod. I am. My favorite part of the pod is that we both just couldn't take leaving the window. I know. And we have never discussed this before. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. I'm, I still. I must I have quoted up. that, and I must quote that <laughs> book. I must quote it every week to Jill, much to her chagrin. That's so you know? random. It's ridiculous. I think I heard her being interviewed on maybe fresh air i think that's and where I think we started I thought, listening oh, to oh i, I mm -hmm. wouldn't this would be mm -hmm. interesting mm -hmm. well i was wow, wrong was it was bad i mean not just bad but really bad see now you could email her and be like we know really nothing at all but Wow. Neither of us like this. What if we read the book and did the audio for it right, and spiced right. it up a little spice bit? Spice it up a little and take out that line. But here's the thing. I mean, I don't <laughs> want to make light of her struggle and the the abuse that she did suffer in, uh, in her particular situation with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um... I don't want to make light of what she went through. It's just that, dude, she should have had somebody writing for her. Yeah, She's but not I mean, a writer. just because you've gone through something or had tough times doesn't mean like, oh, I could write a good book I about that. I could write that. a good book, exactly. You know? Oh, wait, I have an announcement. I have an announcement. Should we, should we take a break? And then I'll come back with my announcement. Sure. Just to like, just to, all right, we'll be right back. And we're back. It's Ng and Rebecca with the Super Special Grown Up Podcast. That is for Super Special Grown Ups, not for children. Yes. And it represents our opinions and not those of the Shaler North Hills Library. No. No, it doesn't. No. Yes, no. it does. Yeah. Sometimes, maybe. Yeah. We're not. So... Tell me about this best book that you read ever. Because I put a link to in the show notes last week to it, but now you finished it. I did. I finished it, and it's wonderful. It's called The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Clune, or Clune, I forget. K-L-U-N-E or K-L-U-M-E. And it was just amazing. And it was just amazing. It was really good. It was not some... It's fiction. See, I have trouble book talking because I don't want to give a single thing Anything. away. I understand. It involves... Ugh, even some terms I don't want to use in case they scare you away. Just read it. 
Just read it. It's really good. The main character's name is Linus Baker. And there are other grown-ups involved. And there are children involved. But it is not a kid's book. And one of the children... Oh, I just can't give it away. I can't give it away. It's so good. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to read it next. You've got you've got to. Yeah. It's just, it's really good. I bought it. I think it's really good. I bought it. I'm very excited. Now I'm scared. I, I, I was telling Cara and Rachel about it, too. Yeah. Now I'm scared somebody else will read it and be like, this really wasn't that good, Rebecca. But it's so yeah. good. And I don't understand how it's just not, like, burning up the bestseller charts. Because then Maybe when I was... Maybe it will now. After <laughs> our fan base starts reading it. After, after I read it, I started to read my next book that was also a library book that's... Uh, I believe it's the most recent pick for the Read with Jenna on the Today Show. What's that one called? It's called The Comeback, and I almost lost my eyeballs from falling out of my head because they were so bored. Oh, okay, so I won't recommend that. Nope. I, okay. I, well, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are going to yeah. read it. I just couldn't even right. do it after the, the story, the dialogue. Yeah. It's hard uh, when the you house finish a great book. It is mm -hmm. hard when you finish a mm -hmm. great book to go into another one that is seemingly subpar. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. it would have been slightly entertaining right. another day. Right. You know what I've just discovered over the years? You've got to be able to break up with a book. You do. You know, whether mm -hmm. it's maybe mm -hmm. you're just not feeling it right at that yep. time, or maybe it just sucks. <laughs> there, there was Whatever. a young woman with whom I worked at Swickley. She was a high school student when I worked with her. And she gave me permission to break up with a book. And that, that was the way that she termed it. Yeah. And she's like, sometimes a relationship is just bad. And yeah. you need to end it. And there are too many other things out there. So I've done. I've been able to do that. Because I used to torture myself. I had to break up with two right after that. Did you? I had yeah. to break up with, it's called The Comeback. And then I had to break up with Leaving the Witness. Which I thought I would enjoy about this gal who leaves being a Jehovah's Witness. Oh, yeah, I read that, I think. Ugh. And and I thought, I just can't get into this at all. And in one description, you know, sparse prose. And I thought, sparse? So dry. I did read that. Well, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do the comeback, and I couldn't do Leaving the Witness. I must not have liked it very much because I gave it three. I gave it two stars. Whoa! You give everything I like give five. I like five. But yeah, I did not like this book at all. Yeah, I couldn't. I just thought, oh, this is. I don't. I don't care that you were just. Oh, I don't. I, I don't remember care. this. I really wanted to like this book, but sadly, I gave it two stars because of the horrible loss of the author suffered and the details at the end of her really amateurish memoir. I feel for her. She's been through so much. She really has a story to tell, but she should have hired someone to write it for her. <laughs> someone should have hired someone to read the audiobook, too. Wow, this is just really poorly written. 
Oh my goodness. I remember we were listening to this book, Jill and I, when we were driving Oof. last year out in Sedona. Through the desert? Because that would have been a good setting. And there's actually a sentence in there. <laughs> Honest to goodness, and I often quote it, much to Miss Jill's complete embarrassment. She says this, and I'm going to have to, we are open to it. We didn't she, know this would happen. She says this. She yeah. says, my vagina, such as it is. <laughs> what? what does that even mean? <laughs> and we, we stopped the car and we're like, what does that? Well, we didn't stop the car, but we turned down the radio. because Such like, as it is? What is that? And the whole book is like that. It's just <laughs> awful. Isn't this funny? We had no idea this book was going to come up at all. Oh, that was a disaster. Well, <laughs> I'm happy I stopped because I, I think maybe I made it through four and a half pages. And usually yeah. I will go a little bit deeper into a book because sometimes, right, you know. Right, yeah. But even the first paragraphs, I thought this... This is just, I just know. Oh, it's Boy, like, am I happy and she I does have a story to tell. And, yeah. but, and honestly, I think if she would have gotten somebody to write it for her, but no, she wrote it and she reads it, the audiobook, <laughs> and she says, My vagina, such as it is. What does that mean? <laughs> I remember coming home and telling my mom that, and she was like, What? It just is. In fact, I think I played it for her. I feel that would be something like if you made like like if you whipped up like potato salad yeah and you took it somewhere and you're like well i did bring potato salad yeah such as it is, such as it is. <laughs> what because, would you say because it could be like anything but like a vagina it like, would just be your vagina. it is what it is <laughs> as as trump says about the death rate in the united states it I is what it is it in. but it is what it is I don't understand. Wow. I can't believe we both tried that and we're like, nope. Oh. So now it's quarantining mm. in a bin, just mm. waiting to sit back on the show. For shelf. some poor person to Well, I tell you, upon. as dry <laughs> as dry as that was and like rocky, I felt like the comeback was kind of a smoother dryness than the rocky dryness of the leaving the witness. Yeah, especially I mean, after just... the the house in the cerulean sea, which is just dynamic. Oh. I love the characters. I love the dialogue, the story, the plot. I would read more about these. The and it swirl. is first in the series. I don't know if it is a series, but oh, it could be. But I don't know if it is. Um, but it was. It was just great. Cool. I wish I could read it again. I love it when I find a book like that. Yeah. I landed on something else, which is not as good yeah. as that, but yeah. but it's like a nice transition book. That's cool. I'm reading Snowflake, Arizona by mm. Marcus Sedwick, Sed Sedgwick, who I really like. I really loved his Midwinter Blood, and I like Snowflake, Arizona so far. It's good, but I might. Is it scary so, or a mystery? It's not scary. It won the Prince. It's like a um, it's like a dystopian future where we've. And this, it's totally out there. Like, it never happened, but we've ruined the planet through um, oh. pollution and, um, you know. So uh, is it sound like the 2030s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's probably like next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
so but it, it's quite good but it's also weird reading it in this time because like the people there's some people who are sick and some people who are not mm -hmm. sick and, and he wrote it to uh it's, it's like a year old it's called uh because i think it won the prince um which is the ya from the young adult book award i forget what it's called oh yeah snowflake arizona yeah, Marcus Sedgwick. Poor Leaving the Witness. 2019. Poor Leaving, yeah. Ash gets on a ground bus to the place Bly was last seen. That's his brother. Six, Snowflake, Arizona, 6,000 feet up in the wide red desert. Ash meets Mona, her goat Socrates, her dog Copper, and finds stepbrother Bly. In their ramshackle homes, the walls are lined with tinfoil. Mona and her neighbors are all sick. But this isn't any ordinary sickness. Modern life has poisoned them. And when Ash, too, falls ill, the doctor's response is, it's all in your mind. Meanwhile, as Ash lives through a cycle of illness and recovery and loss, the world beyond is succumbing to its own affliction, a breakdown of civilization only distantly perceived by Ash and the isolated residents of Snowflake, from which there may or may not be a chance of recovery. This humane and thoughtful novel is about resilience, trust, family, love, when all seems lost. So it's, uh, last September it was published. Mm. But, wow. See know. if that's Cerulean C's on there. Because you read your descrip descriptions, right? So you can read the description and I won't give it away. I do. Oh, can you know, I can read it out loud? Yeah. All right. A magical island, a dangerous task, a burning secret. Linus Baker leaves a quiet, solitary life. At 40, he lives in a tiny house with a devious cat and his old records. As a caseworker at the Department of in charge of magical youth, he spends his days overseeing the well-being of children in government-sanctioned orphanages. When Linus is unexpectedly summoned by the extremely upper management, he is given a curious and highly classified assignment. Travel to Marseilles Island Orphanage, where six dangerous children reside. A gnome, a sprite, a wren, and an unidentifiable green blob, a were-pomeranian, and the Antichrist. Linus must set aside his fears and determine whether or not they are likely to bring about the end of days. But the children aren't the only secret the island keeps. Their caretaker is the charming and enigmatic Arthur Parnassus, who will do anything to keep his ward safe. As Arthur and Linus grow closer, long-held secrets are exposed, and Linus must make a choice. Destroy a home or watch the world burn. Ah, oh, that sounds really good! It's so good. You gave it five stars. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm excited about listening to that. But it's an adult. I don't give a lot five stars, but I've had two five stars recently. Fine. I think I won to what I gave one to watch five stars. Dude, I give out five stars all the time. Why do you do that? Uh, because usually, usually I think the author did like the best they could. Yeah, but I know. I don't know. If I get all the math problems wrong on the test, I don't get an A because I did the best I could. I know. I know. I'm weird. You're big into participation trophies. I am. I am. Everybody's a snowflake. I know. I'm weird. I'm big. In, I am big into participation. You're not weird. That's just you. I am. I am. Well, well what a lively pod today. It has been a lively pod. I am my favorite part of the pod is that we both just couldn't take 
leaving the women. I know. And we have never discussed this before. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. I'm, I still, I'm I must have quoted out. that, and I must quote <laughs> that book. I must quote it every week to Jill, much to her chagrin. That's so you know? random. It's ridiculous. I think I heard her being interviewed on maybe Fresh Air. I think that's and where I think we started I thought, listening oh, to Oh, I, I mm -hmm. wouldn't. This would be mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. I was wow, wrong. Was terrible. <laughs> it was bad. I mean, not just bad, but really bad. See, now you could email her and be like, we know really nothing at all, but... Wow. Neither of us like this. What if we read the book and did the audio for it right, and spiced right. it up a little Spice bit? Spice it up a little and take out that line. But here's the thing. I mean, I don't <laughs> want to make light of her struggle and the the abuse that she did suffer in, uh, in her particular situation with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um... I don't want to make light of what she went through. It's just that, dude, she should have had somebody writing for her. Yeah, She's but not I a mean, writer. just because you've gone through something or had tough times doesn't mean like, oh, I could write a good book I about that. I could write that. a good book, exactly. You know? Oh, wait, I have an announcement. I have an announcement. Should we, should we take a break? And then I'll come back with my announcement. Sure. Just to like, just to, all right, we'll be right back. 